Hello and welcome to the download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and it is Stu's Days on a wintry Wednesday. As we uh, as we tape this, Stu, uh, boy, it's tough to connect these days, isn't it? It is, uh, it is tough, and, and to have a day when you're out there with the shovel... Uh end of November that's that's uh that's been unique for recent times although it is winter now based on your 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 weeding in the uh in the summer with your with your lawn um I'm I'm guessing that you're uh you're you're pretty active on the shovel you're you're out there a couple of times keeping the driveway very clean all the time I'm a fastidious shoveler I uh I do you know it's it's always the debate in our family does the path widen up just for the boots or do you do the whole uh, stones, and I like to really clean the whole path. I like it to be uh, nice and sharp. Wow! Now my my mother-in-law gets out with a with a broom, and she actually dusts any of additional flakes of snow off just to make sure there's absolutely no chance that you're going to get any moisture on your shoes at all. Are you are you you get down to that level? Well, I'm, that's next. That's next level. I may have to. I could go broom. I could even maybe I could get the shop back out too and and really tidy it up. Well, I I I made a joke. I told her she should use the shop vac, and uh, she <laughs> she 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 likes her broom. She she's hit me with it a couple of times too. That's uh, you know the uh, the the, the uh, what what mother in laws do. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. But um, w- w- one of the one of the benefits, uh, as I've I've said many times, as we've we've taped these that. Uh, that I get from 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 knowing you is you'll 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 flip me an email with with something interesting, and uh, you you flip me something the other day on on the performance of three strategies. So let's just just go through them. So the the, the first is you buy the S and P five hundred when the VIX and the, the VIX is a is a measure of volatility of 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 the of the market. I, I guess what thirty days out to to, to be precise. Um, when it closes above 30, which would be a, a fairly high level of volatility in the market. That's, you know, you're typically seeing 30s through September, for example, when we've seen the, the market drop uh, quite rapidly. So you buy the S&P 500 when the VIX closes above 30. So typically, I guess the signal of panic, Stu, would, would, would be the, the, the what, yeah, what's behind the this. Signal of concern, yeah, yeah. What, what's behind this emotionally. Yeah. So when, when, when everyone else is running and panicking, you buy that. Uh, you, you buy above 30 and you sell when the VIX goes down below 20. That's and below 20, things have calmed down quite a bit. Your rate of return. Yep. Calm waters. Yeah, yeah. Your rate of return this year would be 26.7%. That's that that's pretty good because buy and hold the S&P 500 just just the S&P 500 return this year minus 15.1. <laughs> and then if you do it the opposite way, which is you know again. What investors you you see in terms of investor behavior, that investors are more likely to do this, which is buy when the VIX closes below 20. So when things appear calm, and 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 normal, um, and sell when the VIX closes above 30. So when things get when things get volatile, that's when you bail. You do that, you're down 33% on the year. So just just an, a, a classic highlight of of investor behavior um, that you should be buying when everyone else is selling and selling when everyone else is buying. You know, since we're in the in the winter season, it's a wonderful life, right? Mr. Potter was buying and George was buying. Everyone else was <laughs> selling in the run on the bank for, for those. Watch, watch the movie. It's a, it's a good classic. But, but 
just just I, I'm interested your, your your thoughts when I I know what this is sort of what went through my mind as I was reading the your your email. But when when you saw this, what what were your thoughts? Well, it just totally uh, put the math around the old Warren Buffett comment, which is you know buy fear and sell cheer. Uh, you know, so the notion of of putting money to work when concern is high, and then not putting as much money to work when it's low. Um, you know, you gave three great statistics, like, you know, the, the latter one, you know, buying when things are good and selling when things are bad. Uh, that is kind of the chase your tail uh, strategy. And that's, that doesn't lead to, to long-term prosperity. You know, as a, as an investor, you know, we're always trying to, you know, kind of attach our wagon to long-term earnings growth and dividend payment. But then along the way, uh, we try and augment our returns by, you know, putting money to work at opportune times. And normally those opportune times are when fear is present in the marketplace. And, um, you know, that VIX uh, reading over 30, you know, it can go all the way you can go over 40 in the real midst of, of concern. But, uh, you know, putting money to work in those time periods, um, you know, normally, normally is, uh, you know, quite additive to long-term returns. And, um, you know, one of the things that, that uh, you know, that we always try and do here is like reverse engineer uh, the question, right? So when things are really bad, uh, you know, you have to kind of sit there and say, well, well, how can they get a lot worse, right? Like, you know, when when we're asking ourselves, you know, when someone says the sky might fall, uh, you're like, yeah, it, it might. Like, I can't prove that it won't. But um, if we're talking about that, then we're worried about a lot of things. And uh, just as when waters are calm, to your point, you know, there's always the odd risk lurking below the surface, which may or may not present itself. And we know in the stock market that risk doesn't always have to present itself for people to to worry about it. Um, so when things are calm, there's always risks underneath that that uh, might bubble to the surface and cause some discomfort. And, uh, you know, we need to be prepared for all this as long term investors. But, you know, that notion of really trying to put some money to work when fear is high. Uh, you know, can be, uh, you know, quite additive. And I thought those statistics really helped display that. Yeah. And, and you, you need to keep looking at numbers like this and statistics over and over again, because it is so hard as an investor when, when that panic sets in and, and it looks like the world is crumbling around you to step forward and put money to work. You know, as as this particular example shows, that's exactly when you need to be there uh, to, 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 to get more value and, and, and to drive better results. And so you, you, as you would say, you're looking for these opportunities all the time. And one of the edges of a professional investor is that, that, you know, one of the things that you're essentially trained to do is to take that emotion out is to use that analytics and, and, and understand when you should be going forward, even though it seems, you know, really frightening to do it, you know, because you've done the work and you've got the experience that that's exactly what you have to do. And, and that's how you can drive value for investors over time as a professional investor. A hundred percent. You know, uh, uh, experience uh, helps a lot. Uh, you know, seeing different management teams over and over again in different environments and seeing, you know, their level of comfort in dealing with adversity. Um, you know, studying businesses about how their margins and their revenue change over time and understanding how their valuations change over time. Uh, also, also, you know, really key like as an investor, as a long-term investor, when you're kind of saying, I'm going to have exposure to the equity market because I believe in it long-term, 
then I always want to put as many as much positive optionality into our portfolio as possible. Okay. And the ways to do that are to own good businesses and own them when their potential is above average. So, you know, one of the things that, you know, we were just before the podcast started, we were talking about Walmart, which yep. reported their results yesterday and was quite strong. You know, a very simple exercise that, uh, you know, that we do, we put all the stocks that we own on this grid. So imagine you have a nine box grid and on the left-hand side, you have three different scenarios for the business's earnings power, okay. right? So the top box is like, what happens when it's firing in all cylinders? The middle box is what is more normal? And the bottom box might be, when is that business struggling? What, what does it look like? And um, the way that normally shows up is in different margin profiles, like a business like Walmart, where the revenue is you know, somewhat uh, predictable, you know, your margin profile might go up and down by like 100 basis points in those three different scenarios. And then across the top of the box, you have different valuation uh, scenarios. Sometimes the valuation is low, sometimes it is average, sometimes it's high. The thing that's interesting about the stock market is that when the current earnings are reflecting the struggling scenario, the valuation is often low. <laughs> yes. And you know, because it's a good business, that management will work away on your behalf and fix what ails the business. So in the case of, you know, you may have low margins, so you have to clean out inventory, you need to restore pricing, maybe make some changes to your cost structure. The margin of the business will then revert back towards normal. And as it reverts back towards normal, the valuation may also improve towards normal. And as, a, as a, an investor or an owner of that business, I get two things. One, that business alone will compound its earnings over long periods of time. But if I can put money to work during that period of time of struggle, I got two additives to my investment. I got the margin recovery and I got the valuation recovery. Yeah. And the same thing goes for trying to avoid stocks that might be at a very high valuation on a very optimistic case of earnings. That could be a good business. And over time, they will compound their way through those challenges. But if the valuation is high and the business is temporarily over earning, while the margins might revert back towards normal and the valuation corrects, I have two sources of risk in the short term, even though they may not impact my long term uh, prognosis. So, uh, you know, marrying the financial analysis, the look at the valuation and understanding uh, financial behavior, uh, you know, those are things those are that's a great toolbox for an investor to uh, kind of add to their long-term return potential. And, and, and then on, on, on top of that, as you, as you, you mentioned this, the, the Walmart situation and, and, and that belief in the management team, um, you, you get the opportunity to, to, to talk to those people. So you know, and, and they, they have a track record too, but you know what, what teams you're willing to bet on in that situation that you know are going to pull through it. And then there's others where you might be a little bit more skeptical and you might sit back and, and wait. And, and you know, in, in this case, we're talking about a, a, a team that you know that's got a great track record. So you were you were confident that they were going to make that difference, as you say. Yeah, if you thought about management as kind of sitting in front of this big control tower and um, they have levers that they can pull at all different points of the cycle. And just like an investor, management knows that they're going to have hard times. They know that they're likely to make mistakes. But you know, how you deal with those hard times and how you recover from those mistakes usually determines your long term success. You know, so sitting down with management and saying, well, how do you turn the levers during different periods of the cycle? So you have that management meeting, then you go to the next management meeting. 
well, how do you turn the levers? And you get to listen. You're like, well, that, that's interesting. That company said they would do this. That company said they would do that. Hmm, I wonder how that might turn out. So then you go to the third company and ask them. And you get this big kind of compendium of, uh, of information that allows you to kind of tilt the portfolio in a way that, that tries to drive that, that positive optionality. And we know there's a lot of good businesses, like, you know, if you go back to Warren Buffett, like you always want that big moat because you know that's the first protection uh, for the business longer term. But the second one is management quality. And, um, and management that's always trying to turn those levers on your behalf and has a pretty good track record of doing it, um, you know, that normally persists. So, uh, you know, so those are the ones that we want to want to stick with as well. Wow. So some uh, some amazing Stu's Day's lessons. Right. So uh, <laughs> so get, get your grid in place. No, put, put together tools that help you do that analysis. Uh, get to know the companies know the management, know, know who's capable of, of shifting those levers and who isn't. And, and when it snows, get out there and clean your driveway, <laughs> particularly the sidewalk. You got to be courteous to your neighbors. And, uh, there's no one more, more courteous than Stu Kedwell when it comes to snowfall in Toronto. <laughs> well, I'm going to, I'm going to add the broom to the mix, Dave, because I, I got to take it up a notch after your earlier comments. So. I, I I still I still like your idea on the vacuum. I think that would be uh, that, 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 that would be epic. But uh, but and I'm going to come by and check it out. The, the other thing, though, we, we, we can't leave the, the broadcast with without a, a dollar cost averaging analogy. You know, that's the idea behind, you know, going and shoveling the snow regularly through a heavy snowfall because you never get that big snowfall, that heavy lifting that you've got to do at the end. It's all easy cleaning two or three times, get out, boom, 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 and away you go. So a dollar cost average, your snow removal as well. You got it, Dave. Excellent. Well, thanks, Stu. We'll catch up with you next week. Thanks very much. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc. for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.